This is the TSN MMA Show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini. This is the TSN MMA Show. I'm your host, Aaron Bronstetter, joined as I am each and every week by Bazooka Joe Valtellini. BazookaTraining.com. How's it going? It's up and running. Hey. Everything's, everything's kicking into gear. Everything's been good. This is the second week. We already launched our first updates. We added some slip and rip videos. We added tutorials on footwork, defensive and offensive stance. So learning every week with new videos, home workouts, bag workouts, and it's been fun. The community's asking questions. We're we're live and it's just it's exciting to it's almost like it's giving me that fix outside of not having a physical gym and, you know, hearing people talk and still doing the workouts and posting videos of them training, doing the website stuff. It's just, it's all nice to see. I missed that for so long. I need to see people doing martial arts. So I'm happy. It's made me happy again. There you go. I figured it would reinvigorate you. You put a lot of work into that and, uh, yep. I know how much it means to you. So it's good to see that, uh, people have, uh, gotten into it and they're, they're doing their thing. And, uh, so people are sending you videos of them doing the workouts. Yeah, there's some doing the workouts. It's been it's been good. People complimenting and even uh, some pro fighters have been messaging me saying, hey, you know, those footwork drills have really helped out a lot. So, I mean, it's for all levels. So jump on it. All right. I still haven't signed up yet. I'm, I've been a bad friend, but I've got to okay. sign up this week at some point. I got to figure we got it out. It. Yeah, it's easy to figure out. We'll help you through it. I, it's just the idea that I'm going to have to exercise is daunting. You know, that's the problem. Yeah, it's all right. You got the home option. I think the home option will be good for you. At least it teaches you the footwork, basic stepping. The tutorials might be good for you, you know, to even pick out the details of some things. So then when you watch the fights, you can be like, oh, you know, when Kamaru Usman knocked out Masvidal, he turned that hook over really nicely. He had good extension, his hip turned. So you can start seeing when the knockouts happen. That's the best part. Like when you start studying, you can be like, oh, Oh, that's why he had so much power. That's why it lands. So maybe it helps you out and gives you a different perspective. You know what the problem with being an adult is? Is like, I if I sign up, I know I'm gonna have to do it, and I'm gonna have to like push myself and and get going. Whereas if I'm like a teenager or whatever, school starts on this date. You go, you go to your classes. You go, you know, the you're forced on you. to do it. But yeah. yeah, you're forced to do it. So I I need to like get my inner child out and and stuff and just be an adult, be a man, and just get going. Let's go. Just push I need to teach you the structure discipline. I, I, it's funny to say because you'll laugh at me and be like, yeah, okay, Joe, you tell me with three kids, you know? I get it, but no, planning it's a different it is kind important. Of, it's a different kind of structure. Yeah, it's a different type of planning. Yeah, maybe it's like 30 minutes when they go to sleep, even though that's the most tiring probably time. But, I mean, I think you need time for yourself somehow, and I think 30 minutes, you know, you can find it. See, working out at night, the problem for me is not actually doing it. It's afterwards I'm so uh, revved up. Like I'm not yeah, tired. Yeah, trying to sleep. I, 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 like my heart's pumping and I've got the adrenaline, right? So, yeah, that's the. Yeah. My wife has really started uh, doing a lot of exercise lately. She's been walking like 5k a day. Hey. She's been inspired by Pokemon Go. She plays Pokemon Go with really? the kids, and now she is like the one that's obsessed with it. So she goes out and she is like trying to catch Pokemon all day. But she walks like she wants to complete all the goals. But it's great. It's got it's gotten her really like uh, really yeah, helped with her go. mental health and then walking and Big you know time. getting getting uh, outdoors. So thank you to. Uh, the uh, is it the Bandai Corporation, whoever makes Pokemon. I, I know Bandai made Power Rangers. I, I don't know who makes Pokemon. But, uh, I didn't know that was still around because we used to have one of those imaginary Pokemon, I think, by the gym. So we'd see a lot of people coming by and kind of like capturing like, what the heck is going on? But apparently we had a Pokemon station near the gym, which was good because it brought some attention to the gym. Yeah, that's I great. don't know if it's still around there anymore, but I'd like to put a bazooka Pokemon somewhere to, yeah. for people up, yeah. to check in. You can, you can actually um... – uh, apply to have your gym be a poke stop 
so that if people oh, want to like spin the wheel and get uh get some new uh whatever goodies they can go to bazooka kickboxing but uh we have oh, a ufc right. pay-per-view ahead of us this week so maybe we shouldn't get too far off the uh the, track. the pokemon yeah all right we've I given guess. bazooka training its uh shine we've talked about pokemon we've talked about uh, my wife's exercise regimen so let's let's go, uh, go over to ufc 262 the thing that people have actually tuned in to listen to the show for uh, my, uh charles Oliveira, michael chandler i love this fight but you know, I did. A, I was on the podcast with uh, Sean Al Shadi and Chuck Mendenhall yesterday, the man of the myth. I think it drops uh, tomorrow. But I was saying to them, it's kind of weird. It, it still feels like we're in tournament mode for the lightweight division because I feel like the two best lightweights, Poirier and Gaethje, aren't taking part in the the main event for or in the title fight rather than the lightweight division. I I, th- I think Oliveira has earned a title shot for sure. But I, I think the two best guys, at least the two guys that I think yeah. have proven to be the best guys that are active right now in the UFC are Gaethje and Poirier, and neither of them are involved. Yeah, no, I kind of agree with you. It's it's until two or three fights happen in that top division, I still think we're still not going to have a clear, you know, lightweight champion. Um, I know it's tough to see, but like you said, I think Poirier is deserving of that shot. Gaethje is definitely deserving of that shot. So I think once the Poirier-Connor fight's out of the way, once we see who wins this fight, then we'll start having a little bit more clear answers. But, yeah, you got to put Gaethje in that mix. Yeah, I mean, and Gaethje's really the odd man out right now. He doesn't have anything lined up. And, and there's not a lot of fights that make sense for him either, right? Like, if you're Gaethje, who could they offer you that would make any sense? I don't. I can't think of anybody. And that's the problem for yeah. him right now. And when I was talking to his manager a couple of weeks ago, Ali Abdelaziz, I said, like, I, I just don't see what would make sense for him right now outside of a title shot. Yeah. What do you think if Dariush does well too? You got to think that's another name. If Dariush does good work of Ferguson coming up, that could put him in the name as another yeah, that, contender that puts too. Him you know, into the mix for sure. I was saying the lightweight division kind of right now is. Did you play Street Fighter growing up? I imagine you did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like when you get to that stage with like where it's like Balrog and Vega and Saget and Bison, like the bosses. The the big tough part. Yeah. yeah I feel like. This is the win that Dariush needs to get to the bosses. And the bosses are basically the four guys I mentioned. Poirier, uh, Chandler, Oliveira, and uh, Gaethje. No disrespect to Conor, but I mean, when was the last time Conor won a fight at 155 pounds, right? Uh, Obama was the president. So, I mean, you know, we got to um, be realistic about that. I mean, hey, if he beats Poirier, he's in that mix, right? Like, he enters, he's a boss now. Uh, I mean, Conor's really the, uh, he's like the hidden boss. You know, like uh, in Mortal Kombat, uh, Smoke, he's like Smoke. You want to get you want to you want to face smoke and and uh, and get that shine, but uh, yeah. you know the boss of course is Shang Tsung and Goro. I'm, I don't know if I'm speaking your language, Joe. I was a video game nerd, so I'm... a little bit. Right. No, I I like it. I was more. I played my uh, my Mortal Kombat. I watched the other day, by the way. I don't know How if you watched it? that. I haven't off seen it. Yet. Topic. It was okay. I'm not a, a a big fan of Mortal Kombat and the video games, but I thought it was fun and interesting. Some cheesy parts when they try to implement like the MMA fighter or but like I couldn't tell you the names or the history of the story, but I thought the storyline, the fight scenes are interesting. I mean, it's hard to bring like the realistic view in the movie, but I enjoyed it. I know a lot of people hated on it, but I liked it. I'll I'll watch it. I'm interested. Yeah, Although I don't watch, I haven't watched a whole lot of movies lately due to on account of having three children. So there uh, we go. And if I'm gonna give time to bazooka kickboxing training, I'm not gonna have any yeah, time for movies anymore. One less show, yeah, one less episode. Exactly, but that's fine. I'd rather I'd rather get the work in. Uh, but yeah, Oliveira, Chandler, do you have a, a lean in this? How do you think this one goes? I do, I do. I mean, I I know we talked about it a lot, but I'll kind of you know remind my opinion on it, and and I think you're similar on it. Oliveira. 
you know, deserves the position. He's everything, but he's matched up against his worst possible matchup out of all of the other guys in, you know, that top four or five we're talking about. I think Chandler kind of gets it done. I think his his body frame, the short, the stockiness, his power, um, I think he gets it done. Does Oliveira's knees, his kicking, the threat of, uh, you know, um, catching Chandler coming in. There's always a good chance, but my gut's telling me Chandler. See, I'm on the opposite side. I think I think Oliveira has such a deep arsenal of weapons. And really the only way, that I think, to beat Oliveira at this point is to disarm those weapons, is to be able to have an answer for everything he throws at you. And I just don't know if Chandler's going to be the guy that has those answers. And, uh, you know, looking at Chandler's resume, I still don't know just how good the level of competition he's faced is. Because you you look at, you know, who do you think is his toughest opponent that he's fought? Like, who, name an opponent that he's fought that's as tough as Oliveira. I think the last one would have to be Eddie Alvarez 10 years ago. Right, and I think he lost that fight, right? Like so, or that, yeah. So I, I mean, I, I still think Chandler's a fantastic fighter. I still think he has the tools to win this fight. Now, now here's my question for you: If you were Henry Hooft and you were coaching Chandler, yeah. I think Hooft is his, his, his yes, in his is. corner. Yeah. Yep. So if you're Henry Hooft, what's your strategy going in against Oliveira if you're if you're Chandler? Because as we know, Oliveira is pretty much dangerous everywhere. Yeah. Well, it's going to have to be fainting on the outside because you don't want to just crash the distance or shoot from the outside against Oliveira. Oliveira kind of, if you notice his stance, he kind of does like a walking knee approach where his knees, like he's always bringing his knees up, which make it like uh, almost like a faint, which kind of will deter. It's the threat for Chandler to go. So Chandler's not going to enter and shoot from the outside. He's going to be a little bit more patient. So it's going to be honestly what I see is a lot of uh, fainting, a lot of him trying to get inside, attack the body, and then his shifting footwork and his level changes to get the big power punch upstairs will be it. But it's more fainting, trying to attack the body, and then look for the finish. F- uh, trying to faint the takedowns as well, trying to create um, you know threats of a takedown and then strike upstairs. But it's all about fainting, in and out, closing distance properly. And I think Chandler does it well. We saw it with Poirier. I think it's going to be that same type of strategy. Shift his feet, close distance, power punch, you know, threat and takedowns, and I think he gets it done. I honestly think his power will will get him the victory. Well, this is what I always say, or what I have been saying rather for this particular fight. In the difference between Chandler versus Dan Hooker and Chandler versus Oliveira is, I think everybody going into that fight between Chandler and Hooker said the way that you know Hooker's going to win this fight if it stays on the feet. Hooker's a great striker. He's going to be long. He's going to be rangy. Oliveira's long and rangy as well, but the difference between Hooker and Oliveira is if you take Hooker down, you can lay on top of him. You can keep him there. If you take Oliveira down, you're going to have an arsenal of submissions getting thrown at you at all times. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think Oliveira worries about the takedown. So if if you've got Chandler fainting takedowns, Oliveira's going to be like, bring it. Try to take me down. Let's see what happens. You know, that's the difference between a guy like. Yeah, that's the difference between a guy like Oliveira and Dan Hooker. Very similar body type, spindly, long. Uh, both former featherweights, you know, like they're they're guys that have moved up to lightweight and have had a lot of success moving up because they don't have to cut as much weight. And I think it's worked out really well for both of them in that regard. But I think that when you go for a takedown against Dan Hooker versus Oliveira, it's a it's a much different proposition. 
Yeah. I just think it's not necessarily the attacking of it. It's more of the threat of it. Like all he really needs to do is to get Oliveira to bring his hands down like he's going to shoot. That's all he's looking for. Touch the hands. As soon as, you know, Oliveira brings his hands down to defend a takedown, boom, that's when he comes upstairs to throw the upstairs punch. So I think it's more using it to set up his striking rather than fully attacking and wasting the energy on the takedown. But I mean, it's tough. That's that's why I mean. What scares me a little bit is Oliveira does like to kick and that Chandler pressure. So if there's an opportunity for Chandler to get in and throw his big power punches, it's probably going to be off of Oliveira's kick. So I don't know. It's interesting. That's why I love this fight. I think it's great. And I think the best thing is, it's like you said, the toughness of Oliveira is definitely going to show in this fight, I feel. And one thing about Chandler is he's never been submitted, right? So, I mean, I think I, I also think that that is – not necessarily because he's a you know great at defending submissions, but mostly because he hasn't fought anybody with the submission expertise as Oliveira. I'm sure there have been a lot of people that have never been submitted, and once they face Oliveira, they get submitted, right? Because yeah. this guy just brings something different to the table. But I, I just can't wait for this fight. I'm really excited for it. I know that they're not necessarily the two biggest names, but I think anybody that follows the sport closely loves this matchup. Yeah. I was actually a little disappointed, but when looking at the card, because this was the card, the co-main event was supposed to be Nate Diaz and yeah. Edwards, right? Yeah, and it's moved so. to next month's pay-per-view. And you've got uh, Dariush and, uh, and Tony Ferguson now as the co-main event, which is another great fight. Uh, yeah, yeah. And one that I don't think it's a great matchup for Ferguson, but I, th- I think that looking at the odds, you got to go with Ferguson plus 160. Do you not? I mean, Dariush minus 185 is way too long of a line against Ferguson. Yeah, I mean that's I'm I'm torn on that one. That's that's a tough one. I think Darius he does get those big finish bonuses. He does well, fun fighter, but I feel he gets hit as well. Like you know, he not only does he dish it out very good, he dishes it out fantastic, but he takes some shots before he kind of goes and I don't know, you know, I think Ferguson's a little bit intelligent too intelligent to kind of get hit and then kind of fall into traps and those kind of things. So I think that pressure of Ferguson, I mean, and if it's plus money, you kind of have to kind of push it. But I, I, I hope in a weird way, it's kind of Darius who does get the win. I think he's fun, entertaining. I think it's just new flavor, younger. I don't know if he's that much younger, but he's, yeah, I think uh, he's like 31 and Tony is, I think 36 or 37. Yeah, but I just think he's a fun mix, a new eye, some new attention. But yeah, for that money, it, it almost feels like you should go with Ferguson. Yeah, it's it's interesting because Darius, one way that he wins a lot of fights is by getting a little bit crazy, right? And I, I think yeah. that works against a lot of people, but it won't work against Ferguson. Yeah, I mean, Ferguson's a wild man too, though, right? He'll he'll might want to sit in the pocket, and that's the thing. Ferguson likes to sit in the pocket and go, where you know uh, Dariush can kind of need some space to get things off. So it might be a nice phone booth fight, good elbows. I picture and I predict a lot of cuts and bloods. I think <laughs> we're gonna see a nice bloody fight in that one. I think yeah, it's gonna be a, that, really that's fun. One of those kind of can't miss fights. I, you know, I called. Yeah. I said there are three can't miss fights on this card. You got Oliveira Chandler, Ferguson Dariush, and Burgos versus Barboza. I, I feel oh, like yeah. those three fights are oh, yeah. unless something goes really w- weird, like something goes sideways, like an eye poke or something like that. It pretty much can't miss fights. Yeah, I think I my prediction of those three, I think the fight of the night will be Burgos and yeah, I'm, Barbosa. I'm with, you. I'm with you. I just think you can't like. I mean, there's a lot. You got to think. There's a lot on the line. Ferguson always brings it. Dariush moving up, bigger spot, co-main event. You know, a lot. The lightweight titles on the line, so there might be a little hesitation. Burgos and Barbosa are going to scrap the entire time. 
the well, entire time. Burgos to me is is not a great matchup for Barboza. Like I think that Burgos and his pressuring style is going to give because he's willing to take shots that give shots, and yeah, that's the kind of guy huge. that beats Barboza. Yeah, yeah. Barboza, I mean, I always get caught sometimes. You got to remember, Barboza's been around a while. He's a little bit, you know, he's been uh, he's been weathered a little and bit. Now you he's know? cutting more and, weight too. Yeah, so I mean, Burgos, younger, he has Burg, but the problem with Burgos, he's taken some big shots in his last few fights too, right? Those wars, like he so, had that war with Josh Emmett. It took about a year off. I think that's the right thing to do if you're Shane Burgos. And then he got knocked out by Cater as well, right? That was yeah, that was several years ago. But yeah, that was yeah. I think. On but the still, time. like big yeah. shots, big hits. Like he's young, he's so shots, yeah. for him, it's it's nice to him that that year off and he's ready to bang out again. So I just like that they're giving Burgos big fights like that because I think it's a well, he is you know ranked higher, but Burgos is a is a beast. Big fan of his. Yeah, I agree with you, and uh, I'm interested to see what he's able to do against Barboza. I, again, I just don't think it's a great matchup for Barboza. I think Burgos is going to be able to walk him down, and those are the ones that those are always the fighters that. Are able to give him the, the you know the worst uh, the worst nights the the people that are not afraid of his striking. I think this can be a, a good coming out for Burgos too because I feel like Burgos had some nice momentum, good steam, and then that Cater loss kind of hurt him a little bit. Um, so I think now he's got momentum and a win against Barboza. We're talking about him, you know, co-main eventing and putting on some good fun fights. Yeah, I, I think one of these guys is going to really uh, have a, a big matchup ahead of them after this. Um, we we never really talked about Zabit. Zabit apparently is having surgery and might decide to retire. Like apparently he's not satisfied with where he's at in his career. Uh, you know he's had a lot of trouble finding fights and now, and he hasn't been as inspired lately. So he's he's going to have surgery and then decide what he's going to do. But I mean, so many good matchups left on the table if he retires. Well, it's almost it's almost better for Zabit to take a fight before surgery. I know I don't know how bad it is, but surgery is just going to prolong him even further. Well, he just keeps taking the fights, and the, things keep happening, right? Weird stuff keeps happening. So, I mean, I don't know. You're right. I don't know how much he needs the surgery, but I would imagine he does if he's opting for it without having anything yeah. booked, right? So, I, I think it's been about two years since he last fought, and that's that's really unfortunate. A guy that I think a lot of people thought had the potential to become the champion of that division. Yeah, there's got to be some reason why he's not getting booked. I mean, that's two years. A guy well, with good momentum. Fight Yair, and then things keep weird things keep happening. Well, then give him somebody else. I mean, you can't let someone that good, that you know, high level, just not fight for two years. Yeah, it's I'm crazy to me. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how that one uh, that one shakes out. But uh, I'm I'm excited for this uh, this weekend because uh, it's nice to see kind of a little bit more clarity in the lightweight division going forward and. I mean, the, Connor could end up with the next title shot if he beats Poirier, right? Like, you, you can't really deny that he, if he beats Poirier, whoever beats Poirier is basically the number one contender. Yeah, I mean, I just, it's it's exciting time for this lightweight division. I mean, I think it's also one of the toughest times for anyone, but there's some heat, there's some attention. Why not? What are the odds on uh, Poirier and Connor if you had to guess right now? Uh, Poirier Connor. I heard randomly that Connor is a slight favorite. That's correct. He's a minus 120 favorite against Poirier. Yeah. Which I just crazy. can't. I don't understand that, yeah. to be honest. But, uh, hey, yeah. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> the, the, the public shifts to the betting line. What did it open at? That's the, that's the big question. Let's take a look here and see what it opened at because I'm curious about that. It opened at McGregor minus 140. So, I mean, McGregor opened as a bigger favorite than he is Dang. now. Yeah. I think they That's just know insane. the public money is going to come in on Connor. Like they, they've. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I don't know. It, we, yeah, for sure. And it'll probably get even bigger as the fight goes on. That It'll probably go to, my, who knows, minus 150. Who knows? I just think his, we know the Connor effect with the betting odds as soon as the fight gets closer. So, I don't know. Is now the time to, if you're going to bet Poirier, well, like, when do you want to do it? When's, what's the what's the move? Uh, well, lines tend to tighten up as, as it gets closer. But I don't know. I, I think... I, th- I don't think the line's going to move all that much for this one. I think it'll probably stay around where it's at. Uh, it might be a might be a good time to take him now, honestly, at plus 100. I don't think the line's going to get much bigger than that. Um, but you're also probably better off just taking him inside the distance at plus, what is it, plus 140 inside the distance. That's uh, Poirier wins in the distance? Yeah. Because I don't, I don't see this one going to a decision. Do you, based on how the last one looked? No. I think they scrap a little too hard. Connor goes after it. Poirier is going, pressuring, confident. Yeah, I don't see it going. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on to um, what else do we got? Uh, the rest of the main card. You got Caitlin Jukagian, who's a small favorite over uh, Viviane Arujo, and uh, Matt Schnell against Rogerio Bontarine. Anything else about this card stick out to you uh, that uh, you would want to talk about? Well, I'm looking now. I mean, Jacques still going at it. Yeah, even money. Andre Munoz, his opponent, is a really good up-and-coming fighter. So I'm eager to see what can happen there. Yeah. Well, we've got UFC 262 ahead of us. We had some uh, some more MMA last week. A lot to talk about. With uh, you had the PFL. You had Kayla Harrison with another uh, big win. And uh, I spoke to Kayla earlier in the week. Did, did you hear her post fight speech by any chance? I did. Very WWE style. Well, she you said know? she didn't really have it planned, but she said she was done basically trying to promote her opponents for the promoter. Because I think last year she was always like, oh, you know, these are, this is, these are really good opponents. You know, I'm, I'm not overlooking any of them. I think she's overlooking them now. I think she's like, I'm way better than these girls. I'm going to win my, take my million dollars and go into free agency and see what happens. She's in a yeah. really powerful position right now because she's got a lot of options. If she stays at the PFL, you've got Clarissa Shields. Uh, if you stay, uh, if you go to Bellator, you've got Cyborg. And then you've got Nunez if you go to... Um, if you go to the UFC, so I mean, I know that's her training partner, but she wants to be the best. In, she wants to finish as the best of all time. If she is going to finish as the best of all time, what do you think she has to do? Well, I mean, she's got to create the attention and the hype. I think it's good, and I think a win against Clarissa Shields isn't going to do it for her. I think, uh, I think that's probably where a little bit of her frustration is. If you saw that whole weekend. The whole social media was all about Clarissa Shields being there, Clarissa Shields in the ring. So it's kind of it stole a little bit of the attention from Kayla Harrison, I thought. So maybe that's where a little bit of that extra heat and aggression came out. But I think her move is, uh, honestly, I know it doesn't work this way in the promotion, in, in fight world. But it would be to go probably to Bellator first, handle business with Cyborg. Then go over to UFC if that's the case. But I know that's it, it's not easy yeah, to jump, so jump, jump. But done. Yeah. with women's fighting and the attention and her background and Nunez needing fights, it's not crazy to say that that's not possible. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think her move might be Bellator, uh, to be honest with you. I just think there's more options. It seems like Bellator invests more in women's MMA and pushes it. I can't say more, but, I mean – Cyborg is happier there. Nunez having trouble getting as many fights. So I don't know. I, I, I think it's a tough situation, but I think a fight with Cyborg while it's hot before Cyborg kind of leaves off could be the matchup. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like Nunez is a better bet. I mean, I know that they train together and all that, 
But, uh, you know, when she, when she said, I'm the best female fighter in the room and in any room, to me, that's a little bit of a, you know, that that's like Call saying out? in my gym. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the best woman in the world, okay. in, in the room and in any room. I mean, if you're saying in any room and you're in the same room as Amanda Nunes, I'm uh, yeah, yeah. fighting words. There you go. All right. Okay. Yeah, I see that. I so, see that. So, so see. what do you think? That's the move? I think so. I think she'll be in the UFC right away. Year, Does she need a little bit more? You know or, I asked or Dana what? White about it. Uh, I said, you know, I said next week you have Felicia Spencer against Danielle Wolf. It's the last women's featherweight fight that you have booked for a while. What are you doing with this division? And uh, yeah. he didn't really have a great answer. He basically said, "Well, we're going to see what Amanda wants to do." But I said, "Well, you know, Kayla Harrison's a free agent at the end of the year. I don't know if you're allowed to talk about her because she signed to another promotion." But you know, what do you think? And he goes, "I don't know if she's ready. I don't know if she's ready for." Uh, hmm. For the UFC, and I was thinking, well, it's like, okay, well, that's that's like throwing a casting a worm into the lake, and seeing if you're gonna catch the big fish. In my opinion, I mean, you're, you're basically challenging Kayla Harrison publicly. Yeah, I'm I'm looking it up now, but you might know the answer. How old is Kayla Harrison? I think she's like by the 29 way? or something along. Like 29. I think so. Jeez. I think she's fairly. Young. Uh, 30. 30. She's okay. 30. 1990. So July 2nd, 1990. So she should be 31 yeah. July 2nd. Oh, she'll be 31, right? Okay. Uh, uh, she'll be 31, yeah. yeah. And I, I think Amanda's, what, 33, 34? Good age. Uh, yeah, Kayla man, still has maybe, a good... Maybe even older. In a, in a bigger weight class in women's fighting, I think she still has a good five, six years ahead of her at least. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... And she's how many fights into her MMA career? What, about five or six maybe? Yeah, not crazy, right? I mean, we have to understand that even though her credentials in her judo... You know, it's it's different. MMA is a little different when you got punches from, you know, you're not talking about Amanda's like she, she knocks people out like she's knock She knocked Cyborg out. So I think it's tough. I mean, yeah, it, it needs experience to go against Nunez, but her words were strong and she wants it. Yeah, I, so. I'm, I'm eager to see how that all works out. Um, and another thing that happened that was weird at that event was the Fabricio Verdum fight with the, the guy tapping. Yeah, Ref didn't see it. He was weird. out of position. Which, I mean, you can't blame him. He could have tapped with either hand, right? But uh, yeah. ref was out of position, didn't see it. It's now been overturned by the commission. So now that is a no Oh, contest. it has been overturned yeah. officially. Okay. Mm-hmm. Officially overturned. Both guys get one point in the PFL tournament, and uh, it has been overturned. But uh, Verdum could, should have gotten three or four points then if it was an actual finish, right? Wouldn't he have gotten more points? He would have gotten was... – what round was that, the first? I think that was the first round. Uh, yeah, so he would have got so like got four points, points or six something. Six points. Six points. Okay. Yeah. But uh, that being said, his opponent technically won the fight, right? Like, I mean, if the ref doesn't see a tap, it's not a tap. Yeah. So it was like a weird tap too, though. Like, I it mean, was. It I think it was uh, Kenny Florian kind of said it, where it's like when you're going out, you almost get like a panicky tap. Like it was almost like he hit once, and then he kind of thought about it, and then went to go hit again, and then at that point, Verdum let go. You know, like I didn't see like but Verdum multiple didn't let go. taps. This is the this is the the part of the story that is he not adding up. up. You don't think so? You don't no. think there was a loosen up? This is the part of the story that doesn't add up. Fabricio says I felt him tap and then I let go of it. No, you didn't. Yeah, you didn't <laughs> like, see that? Go back and watch it. He still had the hold for like a couple more seconds after the tap. See, one angle looked like it to me. There was one angle. I'm like, okay, he let up, and then okay. the other well, angle. You're right. Angle. I was like, I don't know. I have to see that angle then. But it looked like the one angle. That was the opposite side of where the hand tapped. It almost looked like it was like he let loosened up slightly. You know, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. It's it's. I'm surprised. I did not think they were going to overturn it. To be honest with you. Uh, well, they have. They they overturned it quickly. I mean, it's been less yeah, than a week. Very right? so, quick. So I mean, they overturned it, and uh, 
And I think that that's good because a lot of the times these commissions will not overturn the result of a fight because they don't want to go against the referee. And I, but I, I think that the referee would acknowledge that he was just out of position. Like, it's not that he... Listen, he saw that there was a choke. He, he's, not a, he's not a moron. He knows that uh, Fabricio Verdum is one of the best submission... Yeah. Probably the best submission fighter in the history of the heavyweight division in MMA. He knows that the guy's in danger. It's just you can't see the hand from both angles yeah. when you're... It was, you it was Keith position. Peterson, I believe, right? Peterson, yeah. yeah. A little Very bit of nonsense. Good. Not no nonsense. Yeah, no, a little bit of nonsense no, yeah, going on. A little bit. But no, he's, he's to me one of the better, best yeah, referees now. You know referee. the consistency. So uh, you know, yeah, Dominic so, Cruz might disagree, but mm-hmm. I think he's one of the best. Or, you know. So but, I, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think that uh, he just happened to be out of position. It happens sometimes, and uh, I'd rather a referee be out of position and miss a tap than be out of position and like not be able to stop a guy from taking three or four, you know, big bombs after they've been knocked out. Uh, so. It, you know, I guess that's one of those it is what it is situations. We'll see where we go, where we go from there. And then uh, the next night we had Bellator. Sergio Pettis, yeah. the new bantamweight champion of the world. His timing yeah. looked fantastic in that fight. Oh, yeah. I mean, just his distance, his timing. Like, he's sharp, man. Yeah. It was just nice to see uh, him and Anthony and Duke after so many years together. Um, and I know the storyline. And it's funny to me because the storyline going into it kind of was what they were trying to get away from. They're like, okay, you know, Sergio Pettis fighting, you know, for his own name, not associated with his brother. So every time they mention that he's fighting for his own name, they mention that he's fighting, you know, to separate himself from his brother, to be his own world champion. So it's like you're almost putting the two storylines together. Like, and, you know, the winner, Sergio Pettis, now with his own world championships, not in his brother's eyes. I'm like, okay, let's, yeah, like, like, it's still up. always what, what, putting what, it together. Let him have it, yeah. you know? And Anthony has always said that Sergio was going to have a better career than him. It's interesting to me how different they are as fighters. Like they don't have a lot in common in terms of their styles. Yeah. What do you What do you mean by that? Let's Let's hear that. Like Sergio, I think is a, a lot, um, a lot more technical. I think that his his feet are planted like he's a little bit heavier on his feet than than Anthony yeah. is. Anthony's a little, floats a little bit more, and yeah. um, I just think that he he focuses a lot more on precision, whereas Anthony focused a little bit more on volume, and, and uh, he's not as much about countering as Sergio is. He's got great yeah. counters. I mean, look what he did to Wonderboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that Sergio is, is really tactical. He keeps his fa- feet planted a lot. I mean, you tell me. You're, you're more into, yeah, into yeah, the yeah, striking no. realm than I am. Am I seeing the right thing here, or am I, uh, am I, am I, I wrong? Know. It, it kind of makes sense a little bit, too, because, one, it's um, if you think about their upbringing was in Taekwondo. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, Sir, uh, Anthony's older, so he's probably had more of an influence in his style, which if you look at Anthony, his kicks are probably better. He kicks, he spin kicks a little bit more. He he relies a little bit more on a, a flashy kick style, which like me, when we were younger, we were engraved in Taekwondo and kicking. And so that's why my kicks were really good, where now Sergio probably was so young that he developed more with a, a solid kickboxing style from Duke, you know, where Anthony was able to bring in a little bit more of the kick style fighting from Taekwondo. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, just the way they bounce a little different. And, you know, and I think the different in weight class as well. I mean, Anthony's always seems to not be the biggest in his division. So he had to rely on movement and distance control and good countering where Sergio's strong 
He seems like he's big for his weight. He like you you said he grounds himself, tries to snap the power, rip the body a little bit more. So it's nice that they're they're both good strikers, both similar, but yeah, they are a little bit different. Yeah, and Anthony has I think more of an offensive style, whereas Sergio is I think a much better defensive fighter. So. Tighter, big time. Yeah. yeah. Oh so yeah. It's, it's look at Anthony's fights. He bangs out. Mm-hmm. I know Anthony bangs out. He'll go out on his shield. He brings the exciting word. Like you said, Sergio's not going to get banged up as much. But when he lands, it's a little bit more, you know, precise and with meaning. Yeah, and I think it's more proactive versus reactive. I think Anthony's a more proactive fighter and Sergio's a more reactive fighter. Sergio's yeah. great at what he does. He's a real strong tactician. I think that it's taken him to this point in his career to really um, be able to rely on his timing, rely on his defense, and use those as his best weapon instead of trying to emulate what Anthony's good at. I think that he's really yeah. be- become kind of his own fighter and-, and worked to his strengths, and I think that that's why he's gotten to where he is now. And I'll tell you the one thing I hated about it, and, and I hate it more than what you were saying, how he needs to get out of Anthony's shadow. They kept saying Ralphie on Stotts is next in line. That's his teammate. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't... You don't push the teammate versus teammate narrative unless there's absolutely no other avenues. You have That's Patchy right. Mix, who's ranked number two behind Sergio. Patchy Mix, yeah. And Patchy Mix got a win. And then you've got Magomed Magomedov, who's ranked number three. And then you've got Ralphion, who's number four. And Ralphion got a win over Josh Hill. But Ralphion doesn't jump the queue here. And yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. I don't think that you should put those guys in that position. These guys are going to see each other in the gym every single day. And yeah. now, you, now you're going to build this, like, tension between them for no reason? Like, yeah. if, if that's the fight to make, I get it. But that's not the fight to make right now. It's just not. Yeah. And I mean, I think Sergio answered it well, just being like, you know what? It's like, hey, I mean, I, I can't take away. He's got a family. I can't take away food from him. It's business. And I mean, we'll fight. But like, you're right. That's not the one question you want to answer right away. Right. You know, like let the guy have his moment and celebrate let him have instead his... of te- now it's like now you have to face your teammate. What do you think? It's like, no, I yeah. don't. And Ralphion yeah. went on Twitter and said, I'm now going to be the, the bodyguard for Sergio. If you want to get to him, you have to beat me first. That's, that's yeah, yeah. the mentality to have at this point in time Big if you're time. Ralphion Stotts. Make it so that Ralphion Stotts needs to beat Paji Mix or beat Magomed Magomedov if you want him to be the top contender. That's just the way it is. You have yeah, rankings yeah. for a reason. If you're going to put these new rankings in and Bellator's, oh, we're putting out press releases. We have all these new rankings and the, you know, we have our media members ranking. It. No. If you're going to have the rankings and you're going to put people in charge of them, follow them. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly, Patchy Mix is a nightmare for anybody. That his pressure, his you know, get on you style. Like, I mean, I learned first about Patchy Mix through uh, through Malcolm Gordon and Malcolm, you know, a, a jiu-jitsu black belt went enrolled with Patchy Mix and said, I have never felt anything like that in my life. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, his pressure, his way he attacks the back, the way he goes after it, he goes, I have not seen anything like that. So since then, I've been paying attention, and damn, he's he's impressive. He's really, really, really yeah, impressive. Patchy is really good. Um, Buffalo and, and so guy, Ma- not far so from us. Magomed, Magomedov. Yeah. He's really good too, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. we're talking about some some really high-level guys in that Bellator bantamweight division. The bantamweight division in both, of the, both promotions is just excellent. So... Um, eager to see what what Sergio has next on the agenda for him, but I I think that was a big win for him. I think it was an emphatic win, a statement win. That, you yeah. know, it wasn't a close fight. And let's also not forget Archuleta. Sorry, you froze there. Yeah, so did you. But that's okay. We'll we'll keep going. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's also not okay. forget that Archuleta is still in the mix too, right? Like Archuleta now is probably going to be ranked number one. <laughs> you know, he just yeah, lost the yeah. title. Yeah. So you know, while we're I mean, he's about... still fun. He's still good. Yeah. So have Mag. So have Stotts fight him or have. You know, one of the either patchy well, patchy makes lost to Archuleta. So you can just play matchmaker. I, I would say you, you have Stotts face 
Archuleta. And then you have one of Magomedov or Mix face Pettis. And then I'm sure there's someone else there in the mix that you can you can bring into things. Yeah, I mean, we had a kind of a, a big similar situation. Yeah, we have we have some similar situation with Glory because Rico Verhoeven, our heavyweight champ, trains with Benjamin Attic Boy, who is number one. And I, we have literally, I mean, had so many arguments with Dennis Crowell, who's the basically the head coach of Rico, was being like, stop saying let them fight like basically it's like you're you're asking these guys and you're creating tension he's vocally come out on interviews while they were interviewing benjamin attic boy after his win against Badr hari and he got on he's like stop asking about rico like he freaked out like well he, i mean attic it's boy very lost sensitive to ben Sadiq, right yeah. ben sadiq's next in line correct i would think so yeah, yeah. but i think sadiq got into um some i believe some law troubles in holland so he hasn't been able to uh compete for us oh, no bueno <laughs> no bueno. So right now it's bad. I was we looking forward to that match, one. But yeah, we have Botter actually fighting July 17th against our Polish fighters. So, I mean, you got to think Benny and Rico being teammates. And, you know, that's the fight we all want to see. They, but the problem is they fought twice in the past and Rico's beat them twice. So it's yeah. kind of like, do we want to see it a third time and, or let these two and guys. Have Ben Sadiq fought Rico get before? So good. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, they once, have. Right? And they had a fight of the year. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, Sadiq almost knocked Rico out in the first, and then Rico came back in the fifth and knocked him out. Yeah, crazy fight. Crazy, crazy, crazy. One of the craziest fights I've called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely yeah, worth watching. Uh, that, let's run that one back. That's. I mean, he won the tournament, yeah. right? Oh, let's yeah. Go. Oh, yeah. Sadiq with anyone because he's so big and so strong. Like, he'll just knock you out. It's like it's almost like Fran- watching Francis fight, you know, one shot and it's over from him. Yeah, well, I, I you know, that's uh... – Let's see what happens. I, there's a lot of great fights that Glory's going to be making. I, I would imagine this year a lot of. I can't wait to see Doom Bay back in there. Uh, yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. The, and per- Pereira's now the two division champion, right? Yeah, and I think they're currently in the mix of trying to get the rematch happening. Which they with should Bakita. do. Which is it's it's fair, yeah. and I think everybody I agrees with that. Won that fight. Yeah, yeah. So did I. Watching it live, so did I. I mean, I mean, just. Have you watched it back and changed your opinion? I have not. Okay. No, I'm not. I'll, I'll, I'll re- I like to rewatch it when the fight will happen again. I'll rewatch it. God, Vakitov you know? is really good. Like, I feel like Vakitov could do well in MMA. Oh yeah, just because his distance, he doesn't overthrow things. Like, I mean, he just he's so sharp. I mean, look at Pereira though. I think we'll see Pereira. I mean, uh, the U uh, Glory's allowing him to mix and match a little bit. So I'm hoping we kind of see him unfold a little bit in MMA as well. He, he needs to sign with the UFC. Let's let's go. Let's go. Well, I don't want to say that. I can't say that. Don't sign yet. Don't not <laughs> in, sign. In, in, in the opinion Lord. of one host, he should sign with the UFC. Of one of the hosts. No, I think he Although should Although the stay UFC probably Glory. wouldn't let him compete in glory at, at the same time, so that might be an issue. No, 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 no. I think that's why, like, right now, um, they're letting him do RFA in between. Yeah. Um, so, but Which is good for him, gain his experience. But, yeah, ultimately, like, the goal is to keep him and the Doom Bays, and we want to keep our champions um, kickboxing as long as possible. Doom Bay should be like a crossover superstar this guy is just like i love the way he talks i love the way he fights oh yeah yeah i mean it's just that he needs to just get that north american fight opportunity i mean i think you put any of these elite strikers in a four ounce glove in the ufc cage it's gonna be fun i mean Dumbay's a phenomenal athlete you're talking about a world champion with over 100 fights he could adapt his style to mma instantly so i mean it's worth it that it's promo, worth- that promo they did for that last fight Doombay's last fight with the uh, the candles and like if they they, they should have made yeah, that yeah. one go viral. That was such a good promo. I wish they would have yeah. shared that more. Like I, I just yeah. 
it made me want it made me want to watch the fight so much more between him and Myrtle. I I don't know. I I just he's uh, a comedian. He, he does he's, he, great. he's good on front of a camera. He talks smack. He was on Joe Rogan saying he would beat everybody. Yeah. You know, bring bring everybody. I'll fight them all. Camaro, <laughs> easy work. You know, he's talking about smashing wrestlers. Like I mean, he's got that like he's got the confidence. I mean. You know, people laugh at me, but like I say the same thing. So I know he could do it. And I mean, he'll have the he has that confidence as a world champion to be able to do well in MMA. And I think he will. But like I said, I do not want him to leave. I need him to stay with glory. And we're going to keep going with the world class kickboxing fights as well. And we had uh, we had a good Uh, UFC event this past weekend. You had uh, Michelle Waterson in the main event losing to Marina Rodriguez uh, in a five round fight. And you had Cowboy Cerrone getting knocked out in the first by Alex Morono. Uh, and and having spoken to Dana White this week, it looks like Cowboy's going to get one more at lightweight. Might be a retirement fight. Who knows? But uh, I think he's I think he's owed that because if you look at who he's lost to, he's he's o five with one no o and five with one no contest in his last six. But look at some of those losses: Ferguson, Gaethje, Conor McGregor, yep. like the the elite guys, right? So yep. I think that we we need to let this guy have one more fight. Who do you think would be a good opponent for him at fifty five? Is there anybody that that comes to mind? If, if he's well, I, I love the Diego Sanchez fight. That's kind of was Sanchez the perfect matchup. Now, he's been released. I know, but that was kind of the matchups he needs. You know, I honestly, I thought um, that fight was easy money for me on my bets and parlays. I had, you know, Morona winning by finish. I mean, I just think he hasn't adapted well enough. And I think he needs a good name of someone fun and wild to, to go. And if it's at 155, I kind of want to see maybe... I don't know. I mean, I'm just literally throwing this off the top of my head. What about someone like a, a Clay Guida? But he's 145 now, right? Uh, no, Guida is at 55 again. Hasn't I think he Guida's gone down? Gone back, I think he's gone back to 55. Yeah, but Ooh. something like that almost I need to kind of see for him. You know, I want to see a, a guy that's, that's a like name. a veteran like that. that's got some name that's kind of fun for him. Because you don't want to put someone boring against him. You want someone who will play the game. And I think Clay Guida will be fun. He'll get in your face. He'll he'll yeah, make Guida's a little been back show. back at 55 for a while. All right, so maybe something like that. Yeah, what do you think? I like it. I think that's perfect, actually. Michael Johnson, that's another good one. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like Michael Johnson. But Michael Johnson is, again, between 145 Jim Miller? and 155, you know? Has he fought Jim, Jim Miller, Miller well done. Has Jim Miller fought Cerrone already, though? I feel like that fight might have happened already. Well, I think, well, after 37 UFC fights, know, who right? knows? Yeah, days, he, lost, you know? he lost to Cerrone in 2014. That doesn't mean you can't rebook that's it. I don't know. Enough. You can book that one again. It was a main event, actually. Yeah, no, I don't. Uh, and as Guida, yeah. Guida hasn't fought Cerrone, I don't think, has he? Who knows? Maybe these guys have fought so many times that it's hard to remember. But, uh, but I don't no, it doesn't know. Look like, like that's it. fun. It doesn't look that like could it. be super fun. All right. Well, there you go. Those are some good names right there. Perfect. Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Rodriguez Waterson. What did you think of that fight? I, I, uh, I had my dart of the week was uh, Waterson by submission. I said, uh, you know, if she can get into the later rounds, fourth, fifth round, I think she can get her down and maybe go for a sub. And I was almost right. Yeah, but, uh, yeah almost she got right one round. Win. Yeah, was well, she got her down though, for, a, got for, for almost a full round, right? But yeah. uh, I don't think she was aggressive enough on top. I, you know, I, I think she really should have looked for a win there. She was down three rounds to none at that point in time, right? So, mm-hmm. um, that being said, Rodriguez is so good. So I just thought it was that much more impressive for Marina to come in and, and hearing her her story and her to perform in a main event like that just shows she can uh, handle that the big stage. Yeah, I, and I I think that there's a lot of good matchups for her, and um, you know, one thing that I think is um, a good matchup. And it's one that she, that I had mentioned right after the fight and that she subsequently mentioned in her post-fight interview. I'm saying that because I, you know, I want to show that I was first, of course, but a fight with Joanna Janjacek, I think would be 
spectacular. Yeah, and Daniel Cormier was saying in the commentary that he kind of feels that they have similar styles and builds. Very and much so. It could be it could be a good fight. I mean, Marina's long and tall, but so is kind of Joanna. I, I mean, is it enough for, for Joanna again? Though I don't think Joanna yeah. is, is in a hurry to get back. Yeah, I was gonna say, is it enough for Joanna to kind of be interested in the fight, if anything? Yeah, I don't know. But uh, I'm I'm eager to see what that looks like. I think that uh, that would be a, a really interesting fight between two fighters that are, like you said, kind of you know pretty similar. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's just nice to see these fights and have these options. But uh, I mean, I want to see challenges now for the Chevchenkos and that's kind of what I'm more interested in like who are we going to see next for Chevchenko like I mean that's my kind of she's just fun to watch I love her style I mean that's my big story in the women's right now I mean Amanda Nunez just keeps finishing everyone but right now it's Chevchenko that's really got me interested in uh, the women's fights we saw Neil Magny with a great win over Jeff Neal as well very tactical fight uh, from Neil Magny yeah, that was kind of my prediction going in, and I always said, you know, Neil Magny's awkward and big, but uh, did you hear uh, Neil really talking about having, you know, vomiting and diarrhea leading up to the fight? Or, Yeah. No, I didn't hear that. Yeah, apparently he uh, he had some bad diarrhea for like three days, couldn't hold anything in, his weight cut was terrible. I mean, you don't want to, you know, take away the credit, you know, from Magny, but uh, apparently there were some issues there with his weight cut and his gut. Well, that's not good. That's you always hate to hear that after a, after a fight that you know you you see somebody they're not really at their best and then they they say you know I got I got sick beforehand you know that's always unfortunate. But it's to be honest, it's it's unfortunate, but it's almost the reality of what the game is. So it's hard to kind of use it as an excuse because like you're always kind of sick going into a fight. You're always kind of banged up a little bit. So it's kind of you'll always have a, an excuse if you really want it. But it sucks. It sucks. Yeah, absolutely. Well. Uh, anything else we haven't touched on yet, uh, yeah, Joe? I think we're I think we're we're pretty uh, we're pretty good, pretty good. Oh, one thing I guess uh, from 262, the about between uh, Edmund Shabajian and Jack Hermanson has been postponed till next week. So we'll uh, oh, we unfortunately yeah. don't get to see that on the pay per view, but it'll be added to that uh, card with uh, Rob Font against Cody Garbrandt. Uh, yeah, next week, I apparently. just fingers crossed nothing goes wrong with that fight. Oh, I can't wait for that one. That's an exciting yeah. one. You've they also got both Yon need Chow to Esparza. That could determine the next drawaway challenger. There's a lot of a uh, lot of interesting fights next weekend. Yeah, but, but uh, first we got a Rob and them. Yeah, but they everybody just stay healthy. Stay <laughs> healthy. Stay COVID free. Get to the quarantine. Stay in your hotel room. Train there. Let's not uh, let's not take any chances. All right. Well, let's Joe, not... enjoy the uh, enjoy the card this weekend. It's in Houston, Texas. I wish I was there. I love Houston. Uh, Houston's a great yeah. beer city. If you're into beer. Right. Hit up the Live Oak Brewery. It's good stuff. But uh, and you saw with the Canelo fight, seventy-three thousand people there. Well, that was an Arlington. Broke records. That was an Arlington. Okay. Yeah, we didn't talk Texas. about the Canelo fight. Still Texas. Did you? So I'm guessing you to... watched. I'm guessing you watched the Canelo fight, right? Oh yeah, I'm obsessed with it. Did Loved you think, it. Did you think that they were giving a little bit too much credit to Billy Joe Saunders and trying to just build, uh... build up the story as the fight went on? No, I actually thought Billy Joe boxed well. I thought he was doing well, doing the right tactics, hitting long, using his pressure, moving, angling, hand-pinning. He did well, and I think it was just Canelo um, having to kind of close that distance, being patient coming in, if anything. But I thought Saunders did well, but I knew the the pressure from Canelo was going to be too much. 
And but, uh, do you know how you had it scored at that time? Do you remember? I th- I thought Billy Joel deserved a few more rounds, to be honest with you. I thought they were giving all the rounds to Canelo. Like, at the end of the fight, they were talking about uh, what the, the judges had. And I think they only gave, like, Billy Joel one or two I rounds. Five two, five two, and 4-3, if I recall. Yeah, I don't remember four, the 4-3. But I thought Billy Joel was doing well. But that's Canelo's style. Let you wear out, pressure you down. Billy Joel being a southpaw, which means Canelo has to come in a little bit more. His body punching was good. The power was there. I mean, I thought it was a fun fight. And well that fight was executed. stopped at the right time. I, I think, you know, I think his corner were looking out for him. And I, you know, I don't think that uh, Billy Joel should get any sort of criticism for. Oh, you haven't seen the, the you haven't seen the X-ray of the orbital. Oh, I saw it. Com- it's completely crashed. Yeah, totally crashed. You know what I mean? But a lot of people at the time were like, "Oh, Billy Joe, he's not backing yeah, up his talk." And blah blah blah. It's like, no, no, let the guy that. fight another day. His eye was complete. His orbital was completely cracked. So yeah, I I called that right away when they, people were saying, "I was like, no, his orbital's cracked." I knew right away from the shot and seeing the little dent on uh, under his cheek that his orbital was cracked. Yeah, that's uh, that's a long recovery. <laughs> it's not an easy one to come yeah. back from. No, definitely not. Have you ever broken your orbital, Joe? Uh, no, thankfully not. Oh, that's a good thing. No, nope. I've been worst, lucky that yeah, way. You, you didn't ha- didn't sustain a ton of injuries in your career, correct? Uh, no, my injuries were just uh, the concussions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Concussions and cuts. That's it. Do you still have uh, symptoms of concussions, like in, in your uh, day-to-day life now? Yeah. Yes and no. I don't know. I would say yes and no. I mean, One it's hard. Like to, it's hard. It's hard to know a knife, uh, a life without. I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't know. Um, if there is or not, but no, I mean, everything seems fine. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't train the same way. Like I don't take the headshots anymore as much as I used to, but no, I feel great. I feel, feel good. That's no good. issues. Good yeah. I mean, I guess it was probably a lot worse when it was closer to when it occurred. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just that the recovery of that, the post concussion, but those things go away. It's just, yeah, I'm just dealing with it now, and, I, and I'm sure things, you know, it's the longevity thing that worries us. It's not now. It's more of like how are we going to be in 10, 15 years, you know, that, that whole CTE talk is a, a scary one for us. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, that's why uh, you chose to walk away when you did, and I think it's, uh, of, course, it. yeah, it's of course the right call. You're now doing a, a lot of great work in the uh, – you know, in the broadcasting realm, and also bazookatraining.com. I, I'm going to mention again, it. Bazooka Drop 50 again. for 50% Bazooka off the 50. first month. Yeah, until uh, the end of May. So jump got, on you it. You got time. What is it, the 12th? Yeah, you got jump lots of time. Yeah. You got another because two I, weeks. I, I don't want to tell myself I have lots of time. I need. I just need to get on it. Yeah, and you got to be consistent. That's the key. At right. least, you know, a couple times, maybe two workouts a week to start, you know. Three would be nice, but start with one even. We'll go to two workouts a week, three eventually. And then we'll get you fighting, and then we'll get you some local circuit <laughs> fights, and then we'll put you into the international circuit. And then who knows, Dana White Contender Series next year, and we're ready. We're off to the races. Yeah, be the oldest guy in the history of the Contender Series. Yeah, Dana we'll White was sure like, we're, looking for, we're looking for young animals to win the title. No, I'm the opposite of that. That's not me. That's, uh, yeah. If you're looking for young, young you've already lost me. So, uh, well, what about Triller then? We'll get you a nice Triller fight somewhere then? We'll get you a nice celebrity Triller boxing match? Yeah, which celebrity no. would you like to see me in there against? I don't know. Maybe I don't Alf. Know. Remember but Alf? Ariel, Ariel Hawani. Well, that's I, well. I mentioned I said celebrity. I mean, I guess Ariel's a celebrity, but you know. Yeah, heck yeah, it'll be fun. Ariel's a different weight class than I am, though. Yeah. Yeah, He's Ariel, bigger or Ariel and the Schmo are kind of the same weight class. Ariel's bigger. I'm, I'm, than I'm, you? I'm just joking. I'm just trying to stoke the flames between <laughs> those two guys. Yeah, Ariel, it. Ariel's a lot bigger than I am. Really? Okay. Yeah, I don't Ariel think I've probably, never met Ariel. I don't think in person. Ariel's probably got a good 40, 50 pounds on me. 
right. Really? Yeah, I would if okay. I had to guess. All right. Raimondi's more uh more probably Raimondi probably has is out outweighs me, but he's he's like a shorter guy than I am. Yeah. I'm not trying yeah. to pick a fight with Raimondi, by the way. Let's not yes, we are. We're, let's we're, not get we're trash let's not get the uh, the Twitter people out or... there stoking the flames. That's it. That's the fun part. That's what fighting is. You gotta trash talk a little bit and and make some fun out of it. I'm not it. here to trash talk anybody, Joe. I'm an old man. I've got three children, oh. and uh, I'm, uh, I'm not about that life. We can't be keyboard warriors, too. Be a little keyboard warrior, you know? <laughs> Ariel, you Start chirping at people. Yeah. You can't do it, you know? Yeah, no. Just fun trash talking yeah, is good. I'm not about that life. I, I, I'm not here to trash talk anybody. I'm here to revere every, anybody who walks into this combat sports space and uh, give them the respect that they uh, they deserve. I agree. I like it. But I also like a little trash talk, too. All right. Well, there you go. All right, Joe. Well, we'll be, <laughs> awesome. we'll be back next week. Uh, I'll mention again bazookatraining.com if you want to uh, jump on uh, Joe's website and, uh, and uh, do, some, do some training. Bazooka Not if you been. want. Do it All right. now. Instantly. <laughs> All right, Joe. See you next week. We'll see everybody soon. Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA Show. For all the latest UFC news, visit tsn.ca slash UFC.